Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Who are the coolest dudes on the planet? United United States States veterans. What's the coolest sport on the planet? Pro Pro wrestling. wrestling. And what would be the coolest podcast on the planet? That would be this one. U.S. Military Vets Talking Pro Wrestling. This is the No Shave Man Cave. Two badass disabled vets sharing their love of pro wrestling, giving you their perspective as fans, talking about current events and matches, history of titles, and who knows what else. Let's do it. Welcome, Welcome to the, the No Shave Men Cave. Now your hosts, Ellie Chair and Jay Tilly. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wrestling fans, and sports entertainment fans, welcome to the Wednesday edition of our Man Cave Review. I'm Ellie Jair. I'm Jay Tilly. And man, that crowd was feeling it. We started the show off hot, man. What'd you think? Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, a pretty good, a pretty good dynamite. Uh, I'm curious as we go through it if my rating will change. So I tend to watch everything twice now because I watch it as a fan, just not thinking about, oh, I got to analyze this and talk about it on a podcast, which maybe is a detriment. I don't know, but I I watched it last night live and man, it's like, wow, this is the best ever. Watched it again today and was like, eh, I have a couple problems with some of this stuff. So. <laughs> I'm curious as we talk through it, which which part of my brain will take over the part where I'm like really analytical and taking myself out of the moment and picking apart things or because I'm kind of bouncing them back and forth in my head on a couple different ratings. And uh, it, it was just I mean, like you said, the crowd was hot and electric, man. And uh, what what a way to start off with Darby Allen and Swerve Strickland. Yeah, if you if you want to start hot, that's definitely the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, that those guys. So they had obviously a huge run on the independence and apparently they've had like seven or eight matches together. They did one on rampage a while back and it was okay. I wasn't blown away by it. It wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be. Boy, this one, 
Oh, for, for, for sure. Yeah. I, and like Darby's like physical stature, he's starting to get a little thicker. Um, his confidence, his mic work, like over the past, you know, I don't know, four months or so, it's definitely gotten significantly better. And that, that's, that's where you want your, like your veterans coming in and giving them the tutelage and the tools to continue to excel and sting is doing all the right things. Omega is doing all the right things. Every other veteran back there is helping this crew get better and better and better every show. And, you know, I used to get upset about the officiating that's been taken care of. I used to get upset about the backstage run in stuff that's been taken care of. And now it's just, just a slow, you know, it's like you're on the roller coaster and you're just like, and it, you know, yep. I can only imagine what Wembley's going to be like with 90,000 AEW faithful, um, just bringing the house down. That's going to be, whoo, that's going to be awesome. I'm excited. That is such a ballsy mood to, to like 90, like, so, and even, let's say they do, let's say they, they rope it off and, and map it out and they, they only do 40,000. That's still a massive crowd. Yeah, I was looking at uh, I was looking at total gates for like other other events outside of WWE, other than like WrestleManias and some of those huge ones. The next biggest I saw was WCW, obviously the number one you know competition WWE has had in the past. And WCW put on a show with a forty thousand capacity, and that's what they sold it to. So it's going to be funny not to get into the whole Twitter you know stand war, but. If Wembley they do forty six thousand, oh, it's it's a failure. It's a ninety. No bullshit. Like forty six thousand people packed in there. But if he can get that full ninety, oh man. Oh, and man. I don't even know if like I don't know what the biggest crowd size for WrestleMania was, but I'd be curious if ninety hundred thousand people would beat that on a one night show. It was a uh, hundred and three thousand at uh, Pontiac in oh, okay. uh, Michigan. So I think that was. It wasn't WrestleMania three, I don't think, but yeah, hundred and about a hundred and three thousand. Imagine um, hundred and three thousand people together. And I bet they could do that because ninety thousand is just the pitch, right? So they could they could figure out thirteen thousand more additional seats with the ring and like, bro. And we were we were talking before we started recording if the average ticket was say two hundred bucks because you're going to have the high end and you're going to have the low end. Um, that gate is going to be 18 million. And right now their top gate was 1 million, 20,000. <laughs> so, um, and not to mention they're going to have it, it'd be like a festival, kind of like how they did mania where it was, they would have the pay-per-view on Saturday. So you'd have a show on Friday and then probably, you know, some kind of wrestle con like thing and people are going to come from the woodworks and I'm, I'm proud of, you know, what the, what the pillars are doing and what the, the AEW faithful are doing and they should be really, really proud. And, um, there was, uh, an interview recently where one of the AEW guys, um, Jericho specifically believes that it won't be too long to where AEW's ratings on Wednesday night are going to be the same for Monday night. Yeah. I can see that, especially with the rumors that they might change television channels and stuff. So, 
Because if you get them on a channel where they've got more views on a day-to-day over, you know, instead of a paid kind of channel, you, I can see that happening for sure. But yeah, uh, that's that's going to be awesome. Let's let's rain into Dynamite because we went on a tangent there because I'm as you're talking about Wembley, I'm like, oh, man, what matches like we could put a fantasy card together. But I think oh, we're going to save that for another day because yeah, that'll be a fun show to pack 90,000 people. And you're going to have to have some big names. And one of which that lives in Chicago, I believe, is is priming to make a return. Oh, imagine his music hitting in Wembley. That's got to be another show that we do where like the the pop the return pop or the, you know, it's disrespectful to say someone else's pop is bigger than the road warrior pop, but you know, the road warrior like pop and, um, 90,000 people in Wembley when, um, living color hits mm. with, can you uh, imagine them all singing song. Judas? Oh Think of them all singing Judas, man. Woo. I the, just, the, you that said, last oh. line, Judas saying, Judas, Judas in, in my, my life. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Because you know Jericho's going to be there and he's going to have to have some kind of match. Oh, for sure. And yeah. uh, I don't blame him. I would too. But No, yeah, well, 100%. Yeah. If, they, if, they, if they pack 90,000 people in there, and I, I, so realistically, 90,000 is a lot. I don't know if they can do 90,000, but I could see them doing 50, 50,000 people because it's their first tour over there. And I, and I hope for the people... Uh, in in the UK, they do like a whole week of it. Like, do a dynamite, do a rampage, so that way the people that don't maybe have the money or want to go into a ninety fifty thousand dollars stadium can go to a rampage. Because let me tell you, it's an experience. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Worth going to. Uh, it's like a rock concert. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Plus, you're gonna have your Ring of Honor. You're gonna have that crossover. If it's not the New Japan, you're gonna have some AAA Bubba's over there. Um, Man, Vikingo flying around Wembley. Shoo! Apparently, Vi- up. Kingo is uh, signed up to do a lot more stuff in Ring of Honor too. I guess he was on the show that's going to air. I think it's tonight. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did a hitch over with GCW too. It was uh, that was that was pretty fun. Hey, he likes our tweets. So, we need to keep hitting him up. Yeah, get him to uh, get him to follow us or uh, send us some swag or something because I want to rep that guy's gear big time. Yeah, I uh, I found his manager followed him and then messaged him. I haven't, we haven't heard back yet, but I'll, uh, I'll hit him up again. So speaking of messaging and, and, uh, and following shout out to Conan, uh, reaching out to us specifically, uh, kind of going back and forth with me and messaging on some, some ideas for, uh, podcasting and, and how he got or what we could do to kind of get better. Not really what we could do, but how to stick to it and everything and, uh, shouting us out. So that show dropped today. I haven't listened to it yet, but apparently he gave us quite a shout out. So I'm gonna have to Definitely check that out, and I might just steal that clip, and it might be part of our intro going forward. There it is. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, man, just like the, um, well, I won't go off on a tangent. Yeah, so uh, appreciate Conan, and uh, not just for reaching out to us, but everything that he's done for the wrestling industry all the way up to the other night when he inducted uh, Rey Mysterio into the Hall of Fame, and man, so, but yeah, so... Uh, the Swerve match, which is funny because Swerve um, was at in Lucha Underground. So Swerve had worked with Conan and Vi- Vampiro and uh, some of the other Lucha, you know, faithful. So, but that that match, Darby Allen's growth, his character growth, um, personal growth, everything is uh, pretty cool. He's uh, he's dating one of the. Uh, the the girl with the orange hair that was in 
toxic attraction. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. They did an interview together the other day. So cool. Kudos to them. Yeah. That's awesome. The, uh, talking about the match. So let's talk about that match. Cause we keep going off on tangents. We haven't even gotten into dynamite yet. So <laughs> yes, Swerve and Darby, uh, hell of a match, man. Like I said, they, they did a, a stint at rampage a while back and I didn't enjoy it as much as I did this one, this match. Like I was watching this match and thinking in my head, you know what? I could see this match three, four years down the road being for the world title. Those guys, that switch kick that Strickland does where he kind of jumps past him and kicks it. I mean, he did it twice in this match and I blew my mind. Like, yeah, how is he no not sense. concussing like, people? Yeah. He's so like, you know, so many of them, they're so athletic and you know, the, the faith that Darby has when he does that coffin drop, especially off the top rope, man, that um, one where he caught him and dude, turned it into a German suplex. Oh that my was gosh. Crazy. Super crazy. So there, yeah. Yeah. Great chemistry, super fun. Nothing seemed forced. You know, uh, they got into a, uh, you know, where they were, they were exchanging shots. And I was like, man, this, this is wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I wanted to start doing uh, for us is kind of talking about the psychology of the match and, and the psychology of the match. And this one uh, was interesting because so they, this, the commentators did a good job of bringing up the fact that he'd been in a car accident he had a hell of a brutal match last last week, and then he got the attacked by Cage. Now he's in this match, so he's hurt. And Darby Allen, in the psychology of it, was like, "All right, you know, I've got to take this out quick." So it is a dive through the rope, and he really puts Swerve on his heels there for a little bit. And as he's doing that, then Swerve makes that comeback, that trip onto the stairs, and then pulling him down the stairs. I'm like, Jesus, head bounces off of it, but that's your turning point. So now the rest of the match, he's working him. Yeah. And all this is kind of building up throughout the match. And then you get Swerve hurts his ankle. So now Tar- Darby's got a target. I can't believe he bit the dude's sweaty foot. Like, ugh, uh, ugh, but whatever. <laughs> check, please. Because yeah. I don't know how you fake putting a foot in your mouth. You don't. Mm. He, he put that foot in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but then you've got the spot of the night, I think. Maybe the spot of the week for sure. That reverse poison rana, whatever they call it, hudakarana off the apron onto the floor. I my jaw dropped both times yeah. I watched it. I just couldn't believe it. And then that's kind of the turning point. So now Darby Allen knows. Okay, I'm beat up. I just did this critical hit. Let's say if you're if you're a gamer, you know I did a critical hit. Now I've got him on the ropes. Throws him in. And he starts trying to desperate print him, and Swerve's just still trying to get out of it. And then he has to pull out his bag of tricks and hit him with his uh, what is it? The Last Supper. His like specialty pin. And I'm like, oh, man, what yeah. a great match. Like the then you get a little bit of the interference. It was just a oh, it was so good. I really enjoyed this match. Definitely top tier. Yeah, it wasn't a you know, I and Darby Allen, most of the time his matches are he's going hundred miles an hour, he cough and drops and then the match is over. And this one was it was obvious that they'd worked together before because they had that chemistry. And then you tell, and then, you know, the commentators tell the story of they have history. And I love that they're touching on the history and they weren't born last night and they, they just pop up what came first, the wrestler or the ring. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And just to see them work and, you know, there was a little bit of interference, but it wasn't, it wasn't so like over the top. To where you were like, okay, just get the match over with. And then um, then uh, the referee kicks him out. 
And now it gets back to the one-on-one and now they can get back to work. So it was that perfect ebb and flow. Someone was working from underneath. The crowd started feeling sympathy. And then, you know, to see Darby go over, I think it's it makes sense for the, all of the stories that everybody's in. Oh yeah, and it it advanced and it and it didn't leave Swerve out to dry either, you know, because he you know he got his stuff in. Now everybody's like, man, you know, Darby's about to challenge for the title, and Swerve just hung with the guy. So kudos to uh, to the to the producers back there. Yep, and I definitely think there's something to the fact that uh, both times he's beat him, it's been with that Last Supper, and uh, they made a point of it of saying the announcement too, and I'm like, okay. You know, maybe that's his kryptonite. I'm like, all right, so we're going to revisit. I, I don't see that them not revisiting this down the road. Yeah, they won't leave that. They they're not going to drop that just to leave it. Right. So now you're going to. So now you're going to be sitting there as a van going, oh, what am I looking for? What am I waiting on? So that's yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Then we got after the match, my boy MJF man comes out, cuts a good promo, uh, talks about. And it's funny because it's almost the same promo he cut against uh, Jungle Boy about, hey, you're one of the best I've had in the ring. Uh, you know, I respected you. And then I don't I don't think it's for nothing that, you know, you get Darby Allen talking about the morals. And I loved like all, you know, pro wrestling and, and everything aside. I love that Darby Allen talked about going to therapy and how it's the first thing he did when he got into wrestling because he wanted to get his mind right. And then looking at MJF and saying, are you happy? Like when you look in the mirror, are you happy? Like, and how he went to therapy and he changed his mindset and and he is happy inside being the moral person he is and kind of the same thing Jungle Boy has said to him. So I'm curious what that's going to do in the match. If it's going to play out to, you know, Darby or Jungle Boy have the opportunity to take a cheap win or, you know, use a cheap shot or something and then their morals will prevent them from taking the win. Ooh, yeah. It'll be curious uh, how that's going to go down. But yeah, pretty good promo. Uh, you know, he, he bashes on him. And so at first I thought it was weird when he did it. Now I love it. Darby Allen sitting down and cutting his promos. So he did it the first time. I'm like, Ugh. But then he did it. Then that promo was good. And then he'd cut this promo. And I'm like, like, that's something, right? It's unique. It's something to his character. And yeah, I dug it. Like the passion was there, even though he's sitting down, you could feel it. And I'm like, that's oh, yeah. awesome. So uh, you know, he cuts back with the, the therapy thing and, you know, and, and MJF is like, hey, you're just Sting's bitch. Well, you know, you call somebody out, they're going to come out. Oh, man. Sting comes out and cuts another hell of a promo. And I absolutely love the pom-poms. So Sting comes out and he confronts MJF, talks about, uh, you know, yet yeah, I'm not his daddy. Uh, I consider myself a cheerleader. And he pulls out a pom-pom, smacks MJF with it. Then for whatever reason, he has another one and throws it at him. And then pulls out another one and throws it at him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that came from, whose idea that was, but it was great. Uh, and he talks about it, it not being a daddy daycare or not being a Cody daycare. And then he shoots, shoots his face like, did I say Cody? <laughs> and and uh, yeah, it was great. And that, you know, Cody, Cody supported MJF just like uh, Sting is supporting Darby. And just like Sting had support when he was coming up and he shouts out Ric Flair. It was super cool. I really, I really like that. I thought that was, I thought that was super class. And um, yeah. Then he shouts out Nash and Hall and gives the tribute to the Hall. That's good stuff. And uh, yeah, so he cuts the promo back, scathing promo. Uh, Man, Sting. So that's when we get on our Wimbledon talk. I think Sting's retirement match is going to be there too. Wow. It would make sense. 
you know, give it to give it a big. I don't know. That's one we'll talk about that when we finish. Yeah, that'll that be match, that stuff. Wow, that'll be that'll be. Mm, that's gonna be uh, you know bittersweet. Yeah, because where where we've seen like Ric Flair retire seven times, and he says he wants one more match so he can go out the right way. I'm like, dude, you should have went out against uh, HBK. And but no, I think I think uh, Sting has taken such good care of himself um, since that buckle bomb injury in the WWE that, um, you know, however he wants to go out. I think, you know, I think, yeah, I think he deserves it. So, yep, I agree. And uh, I mean, it may not be on there. Um, I still think his retirement match will be against Darby Allen personally. I think that would be a cool way to end it, kind of like Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. You know, Darby kind of giving the tearful kick or the coffin drop or whatever the case is. Hitting so, him with the Last Supper. Yeah, I think that would be re- – yeah, hitting him with the Last Supper and then, you know, hugging him at the end. I think that would be pretty emotional. Uh, and if that's the case, maybe it won't be at the UK show because I think Double or Nothing is after that. So, obviously, they're not going to do that match and then lead into, uh, you know, the Pillars match. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's close though. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because he says it. You know, Showtime. My Showtime's almost over, but his Showtime's just beginning. So, yeah, fantastic stuff. Uh, then we get the open challenge: Powerhouse Hobbs versus Silas Young. Just a squash. Not not a whole lot to talk about the match. Uh, I know Silas Young is a hometown cra- uh, boy up there, but I was worried going into it <clears throat> that they were gonna give Silas Young too much because I don't want Hobbs to be going in these long drawn out fights and they didn't they squashed him which is good um you know home crowd got to see him i'm sure he, he might have worked dark or something too afterwards who knows but so that was cool uh prior to that though we saw him pulling up in his brand new car oh. then we get the squash match and then uh he's getting ready to take silas young out and they're gonna i guess power bomb off the apron or whatever or the stage and we cut to the back and there's wardlow finally coming back and just starts beating the crap out of this car and throwing a stanchion into it it was uh, very WWE for me, but I enjoyed it. Like it was, it was okay. Uh, <laughs> so one thing I caught though is, so they're doing all this stuff to this car, and then in the background, it's a live road because there's still cars driving by. So when the he finishes and he flips the car over with the forklift, and he gets out, and he forgets to put a forklift in in park. He's damn lucky that thing didn't keep going and go right out into the damn good that car into was the damn there. traffic. <laughs> yeah, woof. But yeah, pretty good. Beat the hell out of the car. Comes inside. They get into a little brawl. Uh, brawl wasn't bad. And then he does uh, Aaron Solo do the tables. Um, yeah, yeah, did a, did business. Yeah. Reheated that up. So we'll see where it goes. Luckily, there was no QTV segment. There was nothing. I think they're kind of been relegating that to Rampage now. But it wasn't. They weren't in our face. Yeah. It was very much just Hobbs and everything. So I appreciated that. And then we roll right into Jay White and Juice Robinson. Talk about Bullet Club Gold. I like the emblem and the gear, but eh, I'm okay. Whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's, you know, I I got to see something from them now. Not not that I don't think they will. I just, cool. Like, let's get to some in-ring stuff. Yeah, I was, I went back and watched some New Japan. Um, I was kind of laid up today and, and, and yesterday I was not getting around very much. So I was just flipping through and Access TV has a pretty decent library of new Japan. So I was flipping through and I saw the, um, I saw, you know, a Jay white match. I saw juice Robinson. And then I started thinking, man, you know, everybody in Japan, in new Japan, they're all in factions. 
So, and usually there's like four or five of them. So right now it's Juice and Jay. So who will be the other three? And so I think there'll be, you know, there'll be some more additions to the, to the club. I don't, um, I don't, I don't think it will be anyone from the elite or Omega. No. So that will be, that'll be interesting to see how that, how that play, how that plays out as we get closer to, to all in and all out. Could be Adam Cole, even though he's come back as a, as a face, he and Jay White have history together as yeah, friends. So that's true. Who knows? Hmm. Uh, I don't think so though. I think he's going to keep him a face for a while. Cause I think he's the one that's going to take uh, MJF's title away down the road. But uh, so we went from the electrifying, mind-blowing match uh, and then the promos to another match that blew me away, and that's Orange Cassidy and Buddy Matthews. Oh, my gosh, yes. So I'm going to say it right now. I think Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen are probably two of the most underrated wrestlers, dude. Like, I can't tell you a match that I have watched with Orange Cassidy that hasn't been, or Darby Allen, either one of them, where I haven't gone, damn, that's really good. And this is another one, the the ongoing injury to Cassidy's hand, playing into the fact that he can't do the punch, and he does the punch, he gets hurt, loved this spot where he's hurt, he hits the he hits the orange punch, and uh, Buddy Matthews rolls out of the wing, and he's hurt, so the referee's looking at him, he's got him flexing out, and then out of nowhere, Buddy Matthews just stomps on it. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Yeah, that's, that is psychology 101. You get a you get a body part. You target it. You work it with with Matthews being much larger. You know it would have been smart to work his back or work a knee or do something. But that isn't how um, freshly squeezed operates. And you know so they're they're working the hand now. You know now he's basically fighting one handed, trying to defend that international title. And man, the, the crowd was really into it. And I, this was the one I thought that we were going to see a lot of interference. And, um, yeah, I, it was that this was a fantastic match. You know, you say the interference thing, I have gotten the feeling that AEW has kind of gone back to their roots because one of the things I loved about them when they started was they didn't have interference in matches. Usually it was after the match or, most of the time it was after the match and they got in this kick where it was happening a lot. And I'm like, ah, it's just like WWE. And I've noticed the, the, uh, outcast didn't interfere last week in the title match. The, uh, outcast didn't really interfere this, you know, later in the show tonight until the end, uh, Blackpool combat cub didn't come out and attack during hangman's match. Oh they yeah. Waited for it to end. Huh. You know, it's like they're, they're holding that stuff back. And I, and I appreciate that. I love the, so that way, when it happens, it'll mean something more. You know, yes, they did a little bit of it with Brian Cage tripping Darby Allen. Okay, but it hasn't been over the top. I've noticed over the past few weeks. So I like that. I like that trend. I don't like that. I like the fact that somebody in the back said, if you interfere, you're in trouble. And let's have this as a sporting contest. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Was was tonight what, or last night, is that when they announced Cage had signed with AEW? Or was that last week? I think it was last week. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, he officially well, resigned. Yeah, I was thinking. Well, that's why he was out there because they were going to announce that he signed. But, but yeah, he didn't. You know, he didn't do anything too too treacherous. So it, um, you know, continued on, continued on with the story. It's funny as I say that. I think at the end of the match and at the highlight or the main event, we had interference too. But it's not as in your face, I guess. Yes, yeah. I guess what I was thinking. 
But yeah, it was it was a super good match. Uh, there was that one part where Matthews hit like three different DDTs, one in the ring, like one off the top rope, and then one off. It was just like insane. And I'm sorry, like Orange Cassidy could be the fifth pillar. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. He's been there since launch. He's he's kind of a homegrown, uh, and... That match was fantastic. Orange gets the win with his, uh, what's it, the mousetrap, I think it's called. His his specialty roll-up pin, and uh, I loved it. I thought it was a great match. Uh, I think he has made this, uh, he has made this belt. Like, he has made this championship belt to where it means more, in my opinion, than Hobbs in the TNT title. And, yeah, you know, more than Jade in the TBS title right now because he's a fighting champ. He's been out there every week. He's carrying maybe not long-term storytelling with other characters, but personal injury stories match to match. A lot like what Omega will do. Yep. You know, the hand has been injured for three weeks, so it's getting progressively worse. I just, to where you're like, okay, well, when's it going to cost him the match? But then he puts his hands in his pockets and does crazy moves, and I'm like, oh, he doesn't need his hands anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. I really appreciated this one. It was it was good. Uh, obviously, Orange wins and, and retains his title. So, uh Someone dropped a tweet today and said, you know, Orange has had the uh, international title for quite a while. Um, prior to it was the All-Atlantic title. And who is it that is going to come in and defeat him? And I was like, wow. I mean, that I don't want to see him lose the title. But if you want to make someone, um, you definitely want to have them beat Orange. So if it's like Jay White. Because they want to come in and make, you know, make a statement with Jay White. Um, you know, I don't uh, I don't think they should muddy the waters with the pillars, the four pillars right now. Although you make a great point, like Orange has been there for a minute and he's not even in the same discussion. And think about where he came from um, with the series of matches with with Jericho till now. Like, wow. How about when he did the series of matches with Pac and Omega? Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah. We were there with for that triple threat where we all thought he was going to win the damn title. There's a couple near falls. What was that? Double or nothing 21 where there were a couple of those near falls where I thought for sure Orange Cassidy was about to win that damn right. title. What? And yeah, I mean, he's worked some really big names and I, I I could see him being a champion too. Um, You know, the big one, man, I just, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, forbidden door. What about Okada versus Orange Cassidy? Yeah, Okada said he needs a change of scenery. So uh, the New Japan Cup, the finals. I watched the finals. Finley, Finley is actually pretty decent. 
But yeah, seeing uh, seeing Okada as all elite, I think is sort of a a no brainer. He already has a relationship with them. I I don't think he would go to the WWE because they won't they won't use him properly. Well, and they got a fr- hiring freeze right now anyway. Yeah, that's why Nick Aldis isn't uh, isn't wrestling right now. But I mean, and Matt Cardona, man, yeah. We got to see Matt in the. Yeah, man. Well, Matt's doing some good stuff. Though. Oh, heck yeah. You know, he's Matt. Like he's our best friend. Oh, Matt's doing some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's got like six titles again. I'm like, what on earth? So yeah, good for him. He's doing all right. Yeah, he's getting he's, by. He's doing good he's stuff. By. Then uh, we get some. Then we get the part of the show that I, at the moment, I don't even know how to describe it. So when I watched it live, I was pumped for it, kind of. But I think now looking back, the reason I think I was pumped is because of the pop we got for the, the surprise return of Jeff Hardy because it's Ethan Page in the ring talking about, you know, I want to know what you did. Then Matt Hardy comes out with the delete thing and 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 uh, I just don't care about this feud. And that's the one part where I'm teetering on this because I still don't care. I, I don't understand the stipulation because Matt Hardy said something about like the contract said if Hook beat you, we don't have to be in the firm. So I'm going to challenge you to a match to not be in the firm. I, I don't know if he flubbed that or what. <laughs> yeah. Like it didn't, I didn't quite get that. And then we get the beat down and then hook comes in to make the save and they get the, get over on hook. Why hooks involved on in this? I don't get, I don't understand. Uh, but then Jeff Hardy, man, it's a pop. He looked a little slow, but that's okay. I'll give it a, you know, whatever huge pop. Uh, the one thing I thought of when I saw him out of everything else is I hope he's doing good. Like he looked good. He looked healthy. I hope. And I know Tony Khan said he wasn't going to let him back unless he went to rehab and got himself together. So I'm hoping that's what happened. And, uh, you know, maybe we get a little quick run. Would love to see Edge pop up and we get some Edge and Christian versus the Hardys oh versus the Young God. Bucks like they want to do. Or Edge and Christian versus FTR and, and the Hardys. Oh, wow. Uh, and I know FTR had mentioned wanting to work the Hardys so we could see some of that. And that would be a cool match because you could ground the Hardys so they're not having to do all the high-flying stuff. And actually, probably put together a pretty good ground game match, and and not show that their bump card's getting a little full. The uh, what do you think of the promo or the vignette with uh, Christian and Luchasaurus? Uh, it was good. I mean, it's leading something. I I mean, I love the red lighting and the aesthetics of it. Uh, I like the the look of Luchasaurus. I just wish he'd lose the mask. Yeah, I don't like the uh, I don't like those horns. They did change the mask a little bit because. Um, they were sued over a design <laughs> thing of it. But um, when I saw the red, I was like, hmm, who else comes out to uh, red lighting? Uh, this Kane. The Kane, yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but there's this up and comer who uh, may have a uh, open schedule. His name is Adam Copeland. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if he owns the Edge name or if WWE owns it. So um, I don't. You know, I don't know what they would, what he would come back as instead of Edge. He'd be like corner, maybe. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, I liked uh, I liked the vignette. I think uh, it's setting up for something. I was at this point in the show, I was really into it. I was like, man, this is a really good show. You're not wasting moments. You're not, you know, doing all kinds of run-ins in the back. The referees are keeping the um, keeping the action in the ring. And then the commentary is on absolute point. And I loved it. I I was really digging the show at this point. 
Yeah, me too. And and that's why I say like watching it the second time might have hurt me a little bit because same thing, watching it the first time, I was jazzed. So when the Ethan Page stuff happened, I was still like on this high from the Orange Cassidy match. But like watching it again today where I was kind of like taking time <laughs> yeah. to make at that point, I'm like, ugh. But yeah, I agree. And and to be honest with you, when I give my final rating, I'm I think my rule of thumb from now on is going to be giving the rating based on fandom on watching it. For here, we'll talk about it, but I'm going to give kind of my initial, and this is what I thought about the show. Uh, then we get Kenny Omega uh, sitting in uh, his or Don Callis' house. I don't know, because in the background was the picture of him and Don Callis and their muscle, the muscle painting or whatever, which is funny. But uh, pretty cool promo, though. Like, a very serious, no hair extensions, no flashy colors, just you're coming after family. It's not funny anymore, Moxley. Like... You want blood. I'm going to do worse than that. What? So interesting, interesting promo. Uh, I really dug it. And I love the fact that he shout out that, you know, Don can be an asshole, but he's my asshole, basically. Like, you know, he's family and you, you're hurting family, which uh, after that promo, we lead right into the uh, combat club versus uh, Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler. Oh. What a great piece of business. That was some great, great, great storytelling. And that just goes to show you there's wrestlers that could go in and Kenny Omega being one of them. Uh, Claudio, I think, again, being another one. Uh, Moxley, you give him a mop, you give him a, a water bottle, you give him a, you know, like Al Snow used to come out with that that uh, mannequin head. He could have a five-star match with that damn mannequin head. And, you know, these uh, Brandon and Michael, um, they don't go every week. And to see what they got put through and how they fought back. And although it was not quite David David and Goliath, it was them sticking up for themselves against the bullies. Loved it. And man, it was, like you said, great business. Very, very, very top, top notch. Yeah. And, and I don't want to bash uh, Nakazawa and Cutler because they're both very good in the ring. Um, I think Cutler is one of the training partners with the elite. That's where they get all of their stuff. But yeah, a hundred percent. And like you said, I, I love the fact that we even they knew they weren't going to win, but damn it, they were going to put up a fight. And even when, even the finish, right? You got the finish of Box has got that bulldog choke in. You can tell Brandon Cutler's out, but Nakazawa still wants to make the save because he still wants the fight to go on. And I loved, <laughs> I loved Claudio's doing the airplane spin thing, and Mox is skipping along the sides like he's uh, in heaven and. Yeah, it was just a great piece of business. The visual of the blood behind the mask of Brandon Cutler, like smeared on that mask. Amazing, amazing stuff. Did you notice when he had him in the the Swiss swirl or whatever he calls it, the blood was splattering? No, and I, I was just like, that. dude, I took a photo and tweeted it. I'm like, am I the only one? <laughs> like, And I don't like blood in my wrestling, but it wasn't so gratuitous. That it was just like, you know, people bleeding like a stuffed pig. Now, Tozawa, um, you know, he he was he was flowing pretty good, but um, it it wasn't such a, I don't know, I don't. It wasn't like Abdul the Butcher. Right, right. Or Cactus Jack. I'm sorry, yeah. I said Tozawa. I meant um, Nakazawa, sorry. Yeah, I, I, yeah, again, great, great piece of business. Uh, enjoyed it. I love the beat down every, afterwards, and then. Doo, 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 doo. Kenny Omega comes out on the ramp. I'm like, what is going on? I did not expect to see the Bucks either. And um, Nick, Nick, not Nick, but um, 
So Matt's got a torn bicep. Yeah, Matt decided Nick, to go with some kind of different treatment. Yeah, some stem cells, yeah. something or other. Yep. But I will say, and I think uh, Nick has a separated shoulder too. So they're both hurt. Jeez. And you can kind of see that, that they didn't do a lot in the mat, like when they came for the save, which is fine. I'm, not, I'm totally not taking away from that. But I didn't expect to see, I didn't expect to see Omega, and then I definitely didn't expect to see the Bucks. Uh, so that was very cool. Get the little beat down, kind of get theirs. Cannot wait to see where this is going to go. I cannot wait. Oh, man. I still I still am clinging to hope <laughs> that CM Punk comes out and joins the Blackpool Combat Club. Wow. As part of the fifth member, and then they bring Ibushi over, and you get a reunion of the Golden Lovers, and so then you've got you know a five-on-five. Five. You've got Hangman, uh, the Golden Lovers, and the Young Bucks versus uh, Moxley, Yuta, Claudio, Danielson, and punk would be so cool so where does that leave i know F- it's wishful thinking yeah where does that leave ftr because they're over here talking every day about how they love cm punk and oh yeah um, i think eventually you get f uh cm ftr but i think it wouldn't make sense for him to team up with them right now because they're tag team champions they're not trios champions now if they were okay. chasing the trio That's titles true. yes yeah. okay uh but i think right now you just bring them in and then you heck you know after this blood and guts or whatever they do with the elite. I don't know. It's wishful thing. It's probably not going to happen because a lot of the rumors are saying that CM Punk refuses to work with the elite or vice versa. The elites refusing to work with CM Punk, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's probably just wishful thinking, but it would be really cool. Be interested <laughs> to see what CM Punk is willing to do. Cause he, like I was saying, he's saying and doing all the right things over the last month or so. So, I mean, hopefully they stay the course and, they can do business. Now, truth be told, I'm totally fine if we never see CM Punk again. And it just like the last two years that he's been in AEW, it's like it's just been such this emotional roller coaster, which is which is good for TV, makes money, sells tickets. Um, he had a couple of title runs, um, dealt with some injuries, and I don't. You know, now can the guy go? Does he have a brain for wrestling? Yes, and yes. So, um, all that aside, if they can do business and they can work together, let's do it. I'm in. Yeah, I mean, the the money they'll be able to make if they spin this shoot into a work. If you don't know what that means, check out a previous podcast where we talked about wrestling terms. Wrestling yeah, where they can one hundred and one. <laughs> they can spin this shoot into a work and and make. I mean, they can make. I'm telling you, Omega versus Punk would would be one of those matches that I think would take Wimbledon to 90K. I mean, I really do. I think that would be, and oh my God, that match would be amazing. So, uh, both we'll healthy, see. both healthy, both, both healthy in a mental, both mentally in a good place. And they don't have to like each other. They just have to respect each other and protect each other in the ring. If if they're getting paid a percentage of the gate, and we just did beer math right here, um, I don't know what eighteen million in pounds is. I think it's you know one point seven. So I mean that's that's some ducks that uh, there's some money to be made. So and I mean if Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle can work after what they went through real life, you know. Oh, but seriously, I mean, yeah, yeah. And and Omega said on the Ray pa- Renee Paquette show. Uh, the sessions, which is a pretty good podcast if you want to listen to it. Uh, but what he even said on there, like he had no ill will. He wishes him nothing but the best and that 
you know, as he put it, it's a combat sport. You get angry, tempers flare, and you usually there's fights that break out in the locker room. And you let it go, but because other things happened in this one, it became a bigger deal than it could have been. But yeah, sucks. so yeah, it sucks. But again, the amount of money they can make would be insane. Yeah, in pounds, it would be thirty point six million pounds. Oof. So good, uh, nice little payday for for Tony and uh, AEW for them to say, yeah. We just sold Wembley out. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. So after the big, huge pop and the excitement and everybody getting up for the Elite, unfortunately, he puts the win match next, which I thought was, I don't know, man. Tony was doing really good on this women woman's booking, and I feel like he got really excited over the Elite storytelling. He's gotten really excited over uh, the MJF Pillars thing that he's like hit pause on the women again. Um because it went on in this spot that was doomed to fail because you just had this huge pop from the elite. So the, the crowd's going to be a little tired as it is. Uh, and then it's just the same thing over and over again now. Like I'm waiting. I want the next thing to happen. So you get Sky Blue and Riho versus Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. Um, match itself, I didn't think was that good either, which is odd. Uh, I think Tony Storm, when she was in there, looked good. I think Sky Blue looked I don't. I don't I feel bad saying this, but Ruby looked off. Everything that everybody else kind of did looked okay, but when Ruby and Riho got in there together, I almost felt like Ruby Soho, maybe that's a chemistry thing, maybe she's never worked uh, Riho, but she looked like she was afraid to hurt her. And I'm like, come on, if Nyla Rose can throw her around and Awesome Kong, like, throw her around. And there was like some, head. I don't know, it, and I don't ever like talking bad about the wrestling in the ring, uh, even in WWE where I think some of it's really horrible sometimes, because was, I, they're doing more than I can ever do. Um, you asked me to run rope once, I'm going to hit it and fall down and probably throw up because I'm out of <laughs> I'm breath. Done, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm tapping out like, all right, Jason, you got a match tonight. Tapping out. I'm good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as a fan watching it, it kind of broke the immersion a little bit. So it was rough. Uh, and again, Tony Storm and Ruby Soho win. I don't really have any big call outs for that. Uh, I, I like the way sky blue looks in the ring in, in the wrestling. I like the way sky blue looks wrestling. Don't make it weird. Uh, and, and Tony storm, you know, always looks like she's about to take your head off with her moves. It's just, eh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, like I said, the same old thing happens. They start beating down, they paint the L on Riho. And what I thought was a very strange choice was Jamie Hader comes running out to get beat up and then Brick Baker's music hits and runs out. So either they're still working that storyline that Britain and her aren't quite on the same page. Or Tony just wanted to try to get two big pops. I don't know. But yeah. it was kind of or, a weird. Yeah. Yeah. That whole segment was uh, a little clunky. And, you know, like you said, you're it, when you're coming in and the crowd is just coming off of this huge boil. Yep. They're tired. They Maybe they went to the restroom, went to go get a beer and a brat. They come back and they're like, oh, okay, cool. The match. What match did we miss? Um Someone in blue and someone with spray paint because that's how, you know, just how they, you know, sold the sold the match. So um, sky blue, she's all elite now, De- you know, definitely good to see her in the ring. De- you know, she could use some some more reps. Oddly enough, you know, like Billy Starks, she's all elite now and she looked very smooth, very fluid with uh, Jade Cargill. And like you said, I think there was some chemistry, a little bit of hesitation, or if Ruby is working hurt or something that, that 
I was just like, oh, maybe she's a little dinged up. But, you know, like you said, I mean, I can't talk smack. I I wouldn't even be able to walk up the ring steps right now. So kudos to uh, <laughs> to those ladies. And you uh, want to go up those three steps? Those yeah. three? All Can three I just go of them? the first one? <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I'll just sit yeah. by the guy who rings the bell. Yeah, I mean, I, I never want to, like, down the workers, but... Yeah. You know, I, I got to be honest when I watch something and I go, oh, you know, it didn't, it looked a little uncrisp. Yeah. So, you know, so you'll hear me say it, but I don't always, you know, I will always follow up with the fact that eh, it's better than I could ever do. Because yeah. uh, you'll probably hear me say it a little bit in this next match, too, because I was not impressed with this one either. And that's the main event, which is Chris Jericho and Keith Lee. I know. What? Uh, I thought oh, this was slow, kind of boring. There was some good stuff in it. Um, Keith Lee, big guy stuff. I, I did appreciate the shoulder tackle and then Jericho falling down. And he just bent over and kissed him on the forehead. Like that happened. And I'm like, all right, this is gonna be good. And then I was just like, nothing's happening. This is just kind of, yeah. and I hate it. Cause I like both those men. Yeah. I'd, again, riding the high. When I watched it live the first night, I was into this match. Was, Man, All right. This is cool. I've, I got taken a little bit out of it because of the women's match. And then this kind of took me out more. So like, the show itself ended rough for me because I didn't appreciate the main event. Um, I don't even have like highlights written down to go over other than the kiss on the forehead. I just, the, the Keith Lee, I don't know. It was just a very slow, methodical, but not in a good way kind of match. Yeah. If you were to ask me the psychology and how to break down this match, I, I don't have it for you. It was just very strange. And, you know, Keith Lee can, he's a big guy, obviously, but he can work. He can fly around the ring. He can, you know, do some of that stuff. Jericho can make just about anyone look good. And Keith Lee is safe. So why they produce the match this way, unless it's going to be part of a series to, I mean, it's just like, you know, we're hoping Bronson Reed is going to have a feud to get him over the hump and put Lashley back in the title picture, blah, blah, blah. Well, this stop start with, with Keith Lee um, definitely isn't helping. He comes back in with this all white, you know, his hair and beard and stuff. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't disagree with you. This was probably the, and what does everybody remember, right? Everybody remembers the finish. And this is this, this match is what changed my rating at the end. So, yeah. I, so it ends with uh swerve hitting Keith Lee. And I, I want him to get to this match. So I don't know why they've dragged this match out. I don't know if, if Lee got hurt and that's why they put a stop to this whole feud for a while. Cause you know, you had Boudreaux and that tattooed dude in there for a while. Then you had Dustin Rhodes involved in it. I just feel like, all right, are we going to finally get the blow off to this match? Cause it needs to happen. I think the two of them have good chemistry. So that match ought to be good. Um, but then you get Jericho celebrating, singing a song and boom, boom. Yes. Yeah. You know, here comes Adam Cole. That part I liked. I loved, I really enjoy the feud they're building between Jericho and Adam Cole without really telling us they're building a feud. You know, he came out to help his buddy and he's walking him to the back and he just kind of stops and looks over his shoulder where I really want him to stop, look over his shoulder and go boom when it hit and then keep going. That's what I was hoping for. I was like, come on, baby, give it to me. I dug it. And I love the fact that commentary, like pretty much straight up talked about NXT hey, these guys went at it for a long time and earned each other respect. Like, I love that they're referencing everything else, and I appreciated that. Yeah, that was uh, that was a cool touch, the tying things together. You know, you come into the ring, or, you know, you come into the show, there's action occurring. You know, the Sting talking about past 
with Cody and really, really good wrestling and then commentary tying everything together. I was like, man, this is going to be a really strong show. And it was trending to, you know, be much higher. And then it just kind of click, click, click. I'm like, come on, man, you can save this. It's not too late. And I thought these guys were going to burn down the house and they both acted like they were hung over or they had, you know, too much cheese or something. They couldn't go. <laughs> I don't know. I think if you would have switched this match with the Orange Cassidy oh, uh, Buddy goodness. Matthews match, my rating would probably be higher. But my my final rating yeah. was four four beards. No, that's not true. Three and three quarter beards. Like didn't quite make four. Three and three quarters is what I gave it. Like I was teetering between four and almost four and a half there throughout it. But then, yeah, like you said, the end kind of fell apart a little. I thought the pacing and I, I thought the actual flow worked well. Like the flow of the show worked well. I just think if they'd have plucked and switched those two events, might have just, and I understand why they didn't because you got swerve opening and technically you got swerve closing the show, which is interesting, but you couldn't really, I, you could have had them interfere right away. I don't know. I think if you would switch those, you're the, it had probably been four and a half stars because you did ended on this. Oh my gosh, what a match. But I agree. It kind of went, you know, all the way up and then, uh, Oh, Oh, sadness. So it yeah. was sad. Yeah. So I, I gave it three and three quarters. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was at four beards. I was like, man, this is a really good show. I'm loving the crowd. Um, they're panning the crowd. And again, you know, how, how do you know that you're over? And that's, you're seeing more and more women, more and more children, um, you know, sort of the tweener, you know, not the little kids, but, you know, and then the, um, the placement of the women's match in the production and the producing of that match. And I think they did a picture in picture and I just was like, man, why? And it was a picture in picture. And then they went to a commercial and then came back. I'm like, holy cow, that was like half of their, you know, half of their TV time. And then this last match, which I had so much hope for, um, because I like Keith Lee. I like the character work that uh, Jericho does. And, you know, so, yeah, so I ended up I ended with three, three beards and uh, yeah, three beards for me and dropped a whole rating for you. It just took a quarter of a rating off for me. Yeah. Whole beard drop. Yeah. And I will say if I if I were to rate it today based on watching it a second time i probably go with three but i want to stick to my initial gut feeling um because i think that's fair and i think an average like jeremy my buddy up in in georgia the tickler like if he were if he were to watch it without analyzing it what enjoyment would he get out of it and that's kind of why i want to try to keep my ratings is as a fan watching it without going all right i got to talk about this let me watch it again hey why did that happen Hey, this doesn't like taking all that out of it. I'm, I, I went with that three and three quarter. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the the reaction of the crowd. Like right when the the you know it's Wednesday night, you know what that means. And then you know, having gone to those shows a few times, you know that the ring announcers coming out and talking to people and you know, kind of you know, getting them hyped up. And you know, you have so if you're the casual fan. You have enough WWE wrestlers in AEW to tie it all back. Like, oh, yeah, I remember Jericho from, uh, you know, he used to walk around. You made the list. 
oh my God, Adam Cole. Yeah. Boom. And you know, you see Keith Lee and you're like, oh my God, this is gonna be great. So for the casual fan and for the rock and roll fan, um, I still three beards is, you know, is a probably a four beard for uh, AEW or for uh, WWE. So got to have a curve. It was. Yeah, it's still a really good. It was a good show. Commentary really did. They earned their money last night, um, especially the last like quarter of the show. So, yeah, all in all, man, I thought it was a fun show. The crowd was great. And I dig when MJF's music hits, the crowd just freaking turns it. That the light, those gold lights hit and you can just like feel the the like. And, you know, that's what you want. You want the crowd to feel something. And they definitely feel something (laughs) when you're talking about MJF. Did you see the video? Of, of him making the baby cry at the signing event. Oh yeah. my gosh. So for those of you who haven't <sighs> seen it, try to find it. Uh, he did a signing at one of the cons recently. And for, for one of it, he's people are bringing him figures and he's signing and he's like throwing them as hard as he can across the room. And as a collector that hurts your heart. Cause you're like, Oh my God, you want yeah. these in pristine condition? Well, then there's another clip of there's a, a lady waiting for her husband getting something signed. I don't know what it was, but it's a baby in a stroller. And he looks at the baby and starts going, and like making the baby crying noise. And next <laughs> you know, the baby starts just bawling its eyes out and screaming. And he's just going on and on. Oh, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's horrible that he did that's, that to a baby, but fantastic work yeah, for you. That's some that's some dedicated character, uh, character oh, work. So good. As a matter of so. fact, I'm going to see if I can find it. And I'll drop it on our Twitter because fantastic stuff. Uh, you did make one point. Well, no, I, yeah, you did make one point. I'm going to go back to real quick, though. Uh, you talked about the crowd and the crowd being into it. I think I noticed that on this show, too. The crowd was like us, super into it until the end when the women match started. And then they just kind of went down until they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that is a very representation of the way we rated it, too. Uh-huh. But uh, speaking of rating things, give us those five star ratings. Hopefully we don't uh, we don't, uh, you know put you in the bummer at the end, but, uh, appreciate all of our listeners. Um, record setting day for us right now. It's trending to be almost 600 downloads, Boom. uh, today in general. So I know for like some of those big podcasts, other those, those are baby numbers, but Hey, for us, two dudes who have never done anything like this, have all kinds of equipment that we're just messing around with and trying to figure out. We appreciate it. Uh, follow us at no shave man cave, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget, like I said, on uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast from, give us a listen. We drop uh, a new podcast, whether it's me and uh, Ellie Jair together or just Ellie Jair wandering off doing his own thing <laughs> almost daily. So uh, check us out. Keep uh, subscribing because, uh, like I said, we drop daily. You don't want to miss something. And uh, go back and listen to some other stuff. If you don't know what wrestling is, check out Wrestling 101. Uh, if you have mental health issues or want to know what we talk about on the 22nd, go ahead and check out those two shows. Uh, those are probably really powerful and two of my favorite shows. And we have another one coming up next week. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And it's time for the hot tag. Give them with the finisher. Heck yeah. And what does everybody remember? They remember the finish. Uh, yeah, if you're interested in uh, seeing what uh, we got going on, check us out on YouTube. Check us out where you get your podcasts. And uh, definitely, like uh, JT said, give us those ratings, uh, give us some feedback, let it, let let us know what you think. So 
Thank you to everyone for the follow. Uh, Conan, you're the man. He uh, actually carried the uh, U.S. title, one of my favorite versions of it, too. So good good for him. So his his show is uh, Keeping It 100. It's K100. So check it out with uh, him and uh, Disco Inferno. So thank you again for joining us. And uh, like we always say, if you're in distress, dial 988. Get help. Get help. Get help. Do not suffer in silence, please. So until next time, my friends, my fam, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll see you on the floor. You've been listening to the No Shave Men Cave. If it's pro wrestling, we're talking about it. Unless we see something shiny and wander off into the woods. If you hang around long enough, we'll eventually come back. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Fire off your comments and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at No Shave Man Cave. Y'all be cool. And we'll see you next time on The Floor. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.